You all know why I'm here. I'm not an orator. And I would not try to convince you of the worthiness of our cause. I'm a soldier. And we are at war. brought about the only true revolution that has ever taken place in man's history. Every other revolution simply exchanged one set of rulers for another set of rulers. But only here did that little band of men so advance beyond their time that the world has never seen their like since. Evolve the idea that you and I have within ourselves the God-given right and the ability to determine our own destiny. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Will you fight? Against that? No! We will run! And we will live! Alright? Fight and you may die. Run and you'll live. At least a while. I'm dying in your beds many years from now. Would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here and tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Hello again, everybody, and welcome again to this podcast we like to call Freedom Rings, and more importantly, in these times, socialism kills. That's a true, never a truer statement said than that right now. Socialism definitely kills. I am Ron, for those first-time listeners, and I'm here with my friend and co-host Steve. How are you, sir? Hey, Ron. How you doing, buddy? Oh, it's a beautiful Sunday up in the northern, northwestern part of Ohio here. It's snowing at the moment, and uh, first day of spring is Wednesday. <laughs> oh, it's coming quick, isn't it? Yeah. Can't come quick enough for me, I'll tell you what. Yeah, but as we know in Ohio, just because the calendar says spring. Right. Oh, yeah, we're, we could be in for another six weeks of snow and winter weather. We never know. So, anyway, how was your weekend so far, buddy? Well, I had a pretty good weekend, Ron. I didn't leave the apartment. <laughs> hey, that's a good weekend. I tell you what, some days I'm I'm still in my uh, pajamas on Sunday at least. I had to get out of here yesterday, but I might make it today. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't I didn't go out for St. Patrick's Day or nothing. Nah. Well, I'm not Irish, um, so I'm Irish. And, it, and even when I, you know, I don't partake in the alcoholic beverages anymore. But even when I did, I never really celebrated that holiday in particular if i happened to party that day it was just because i happened to party that day there's too many cops out there's too many drunk people out and everywhere you go there's just too big a crowd i just i heard though on the on the radio on a interesting thing i think it was on the cincinnati station that does the reds games um 700 wlw i guess we're allowed to say that on the podcast here yeah 700 wlw (laughs) 
and I was listening to that the other day, and <clears throat> they were talking about the St. Patty's Day celebrations, and uh, some somebody had put together a list of the top ten cities, either in the nation or in Ohio, I'm not sure which, um, <clears throat> to actually celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and Dayton made the top ten. So, must be some real happenings going on, you know, back in my hometown that I was never aware of. Well, if that's impressive if it was if it was the country, but if it was just Ohio, it's like. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they Dayton puts on some good stuff down the Oregon district. You got a couple, uh, couple bars down there. They block off the road and stuff. They have bands come in. It's. Oh yeah, Flanagan's Flanagan's Ohio. I think is the name of one I used to remember hearing about. Yeah, there's some good parties down here, but I didn't feel like getting involved in all that, man. Nah, nah. I did go down to Frickers and got me some lunch. Yeah. A couple. Some couple. of that yard bird did you get? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got some, yeah. And um, a couple beers, and, uh, you know, it was enjoyable, and then I just came home before all the stupid stuff started. All right. <clears throat> well... I guess we could go ahead and get started with this little thing. Before we do, though, I do want to give out the uh, email address again before we get started. It is freedomreigns underscore one at yahoo.com. That is F-R-E-E-D-O-M-R-E-I-G-N-S underscore the number one at yahoo.com. If you'd like to tell us anything, good or bad, yell at us, call us morons, say you agree whatever you'd like to say we just want to hear it all so give us a shout we'd love to hear you i'd like to hear you even if you uh like even if you disagree with us you know that'd be even better sure yeah i mean it's always nice to know that there are people out here that that believe in what we're saying as well but you know it's nice to get back get a little bit of that back and forth going too you know so definitely you don't agree let's hear about it all right man let's get into this all right steve well you know on the last one we talked about uh kind of freedom of speech and the attacks on it on college campuses and uh just in general in this country lately and we kind of opened up a a series and either on purpose or by chance to just start talking about these bill of rights in order so we pretty much did a good job of that on the last one so i thought we'd just move on to the second in our series which is the second amendment obviously all right i'm ready for that all right well you know it's a hot topic and uh depending on where you fall on that side of things you know every time there's a a shooting anywhere you know, it brings out the gun control nuts, and they want to shut down guns and confiscate guns. And, uh, you know, that's obviously not where I stand on the issue. Um, but if you'd like, I'll go ahead and read what it says, just to set the tone here. Yeah, go right ahead. All right, sir. It simply states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That's End that, quote. That's that last part right there that assures that this right will ne- should never go away. 
It's been right, challenged a lot in a lot of different ways. That's very true. That's why I kind of read it that way. I, I emphasize the word not because that's the crux of the whole amendment right there. It shall not be infringed. It's pretty clear language if you ask me. Well, you hear a lot of people bring up that first part, the well-regulated militia part. And right. they uh, try to equate that to where that doesn't mean that just Joe Blow can own a gun. It just means that if you're going to assemble as a militia, then that this amendment is for you. Right. And, and I, I hear that argument when you read that statement there. It, it just doesn't make a lot of sense because if, if I'm hearing that logic right, it sounds to me like you don't need a gun until you're going to form a militia. And then, okay, now we're ready to form that militia. Where do we get our guns? Oh, too bad. You can't have any. That's what I hear when I hear that argument. Well, yeah. And it, but right here, 2008, in the 2008 case of the District of Columbia versus Heller, the Supreme Court held that the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with the service in a militia and to use that arm for traditional, traditionally lawful purposes such as self-defense within the home. So in 2008, the Supreme Court basically clarified you don't have to be in a militia to own a gun. Right, right. Well, that's a good thing um, yeah. in 2008. Um, <clears throat> I think the balance of the court was pretty much split right down the middle with you know one yeah. voice going back and forth so i mean i could dig further into it to see which way it went but <clears throat> as far as we know that as far as i know about the court system precedent usually means a lot i think it would mean it would be hard very hard to overturn that even if the supreme court did eventually go left <laughs> yeah yeah without being stupid <laughs> i don't want to say without being <laughs> liberal well well it is left it's liberal you know uh, just the way things are normally de defined is yeah, but it's always bothered me the left the left-leaning court or the right-leaning court has always bothered me because you're not supposed to lean one way or the other you're as the supreme court you're supposed to inter interpret the, the law yeah interpret the law the Constitution, as it's written, not make up things, not write your own belief system <laughs> or whatever into it. But that's the way it's been going for a long time. It's well, right. And, and that's the way it should be. Um, thankfully, we've had President Trump put a couple of justices on the Supreme Court over the last couple of years. Uh, Neil Gorsuch and uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And, you know, that that's the truth, and I think that's where we as conservatives, obviously what we believe in is what we just talked about. They're not put there to legislate from the bench. They're put there to, uh, like you said, interpret the law and the Constitution and apply it to whatever case they're hearing. Um, so when we do hear of a judge that was appointed by a conservative or a Republican, and they do rule the other way, it, it seems like a stab in the face to us. But I guess if that's truly how they're reading the Constitution, then that's 
that's what we really want in the long run. I don't. I'm not sure. But no, I agree with that. It's because that's what I, I hated this over the Kavanaugh and, and even the was it Gorsuch? Gorsuch. Gorsuch. Yeah. The medium calls them conservative judges, but if you look at their records, they're you know they they're not. I, it's very difficult to pin them down and say it's conservative. They're constitutional. Right. And if constitutional is what conservative is, then I'm conservative. Right. And if Well, I, I truthfully believe that overall, that's what I am. I don't identify as a Republican. I used to a while back. Right. Well, but I, <laughs> I refuse to now. I'm a conservative constitutionalist if, if you had to, you know, pin me down politically like that. We've talked so much about that, me and you personally. I'm so yeah. frustrated with the Republicans right now. I can't even. I can't even state how mad I am at at just all the bullshit that they're doing. But well, you're right about you know when we've had those conversations, a lot of them, and I mean a majority, are just there for the same reason that the Democrats are there to keep the status quo and protect it no matter what you know they don't want border security and immigration illegal immigration control they um, they, they they want it you know they, the whole the whole joke or the whole saying behind that is democrats want more voters and republicans want more cheap labor you know that's the whole thing <laughs> yeah and it, to me it goes it got that it just they want the status quo. They don't want to rock the boat. I personally feel like the Republicans like it better when the Democrats have the majority so they can just sit on their soapbox and preach and bitch because the two times in my lifetime that I've noticed, I mean, it may have happened before, you know, during my lifetime, but the two times during Bush two and the first two years of Trump, when the Republicans had control of everything, I feel like they didn't do anything. Trump, worked his ass off to get the shit done that he did get done and he felt like he was like swimming upstream the whole time well yeah he, didn't help fighting him. against the obvious resistance of the democrats and their media allies and and that whole nonsense but then his own party you know you've still got a a good majority of them that were slash are never trumpers you know and it's really comes down to what you said, I believe. You know, it's just about the status quo. They don't want the, the swamp to be drained. They like it the way it is. They're all getting pretty rich off of it. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the other thing I was thinking was a lot of these Republicans, they know that if they come out in any kind of dissent with, uh, against Trump, the media loves them. And all of a sudden, they're like rock stars in the media. Right. And so I think they like that, too. You don't get any uh, any power or anything like that uh, going with Trump right now. The the way to become somebody is to go against Trump. It's just aggravating. Well, at least in the mainstream media and and the left side, you're right. Well, yeah, but um, they love I, when a Republican does it, man. They love it. Oh yeah, well, you know, Mitt Romney is one that will classically do that for the rest of Trump's first term. I hope there will be a second, but. You know, and those type of Republicans are just, I, I really can't believe that I ever voted voted for him to be president, you know. It's just, obviously I was voting against Barack Obama more than 
for Mitt Romney, but... <laughs> yeah, well, we weren't on Trump at the time anyways. Right. And that was all we had. <laughs> That's for sure. It's so pathetic. Well, anyway, back man. to the Second Amendment. I know we can always get off topic here a little bit. It's all interwoven, I know. We got on the court and then conservatives and Republicans and... Oh, yeah, my, it's my fault. I'm just mad right now. <laughs> no, no, it's it's all relevant. And uh, if we want to take it the rest of the way out, yelling about the Republicans and the rhinos and <laughs> the swamp in general, we can do that. Um, but it's pretty interesting that, that you said that about the 2008 case, that they pretty much clarified that, you know, it doesn't just mean for militias. You, you know, you do have the right to own a gun for self-defense purposes and hunting or whatever else you know that's not illegal <clears throat> right um oh, I, thought you, I thought you were taking that somewhere no i was just just saying you know that that you brought that up and and i was glad to hear that because i was not familiar with that particular case uh, yeah, that's the first thing that popped up when I started looking. I thought that was interesting, too, because I always hear people say that, even now. That was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, people still say that. So now I can go, well, wait a minute. In 2008, <laughs> the Supreme Court said you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just perusing some... Uh... The thing with me is I've never owned a gun in my life, Right. I've shot a gun a couple times in my life, but I've never owned one. I don't own one now. But for some reason, not for some reason, just I know people that own guns, and it's in, it's in the Constitution. It says that we have the right to, to bear, to, you know. Keep and bear arms. Keep and bear arms. So I don't have a problem with people owning guns, but this is where I think I differ a little bit with um, the I'm sorry, it's like I hear every noise, man. Right now I hear my uh, my heaters running, and now I hear an airplane <laughs> flying overhead. I wonder if everybody else can hear that stuff too. <laughs> but um, my, I differ just a little bit, like when people start talking about gun control. Like I don't, I, I hear the arguments, people say it's a slippery slope. You know, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. That's, I think the government does that with everything you do. Yeah, but I also don't have problems with intensifying the uh, background checks and things like that. And I understand the arguments. People say, "Well, you, you know, none of your other rights that you have um, are put under the scrutiny that the Second Amendment is." Well, true, and I don't think you hear any sensible people saying they're against proper background checks and trying to keep guns out of the wrong people's hands, you know, mental illness, um, just all the other arguments that you hear. I don't think anyone is, you know, out there screaming for the Second Amendment saying, let's arm all the, you know. Right. I hate to say it this way, but let's arm all the crazy people too, you know. That, that, that's not what they're saying. But there, but there are, there actually are though groups of strong Second Amendment rights groups that say that there shouldn't be any restrictions at all. And I think people like me and you 
and you know most sensible people we don't agree with that either the thing the thing with the second amendment is yes it's it is a right of yours to own a gun but that's that's the only right that we have that actually gives us a power to i mean people no guns don't kill people kill but if it's a lot easier to kill somebody from a distance with a gun than it is to actually look them in the eyes and stab them or whatever so i'm kind of i get kind of conflicted when we start talking about it because i hate mass shootings i hate that that i mean that's so depressing and it's yeah that's that's true i I do as well i just think that in most cases where you have the mass shootings not one gun um, law would have stopped it. they didn't yeah what gun law would have stopped it that that's the whole argument and and their argument on the left and and the gun control crowd is you know if you take away all the guns then there won't be any shootings right (laughs) and that's that's actually i think where they do eventually want to get with that it's like every other thing in my life that i've heard or uh, my entire life is uh, no matter what they're talking about um they always like uh if you're talking about like cuss words on tv a long time ago or whatever Mm-hmm. There was a seven words you couldn't say, you know, the George Carlin bit. Right. And then people started, you know, started getting a little bit more risque, a little bit more risque. And and conservative people were saying, you know, this, is, this isn't this is right. Eventually you're going to be able to do this and this on TV. And everybody's like, shut up. You, you, you're you just, you're crazy. You're conspiracy theorist. You know, just, you don't, um, you're taking it to the, too far. Nobody's wanting to do that. And then the next thing you know, now, sometimes, some TVs just to me is unwatchable. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, the ultra sensitive, oh my gosh, someone said shit on TV. You know, that that's, right. that's not me. But, you know, I, I've seen some things that did have some shock value. But they just—they you know. they take it. They take it as far as they can. That's the thing with with it's human nature. I think like to push it, push back against whatever rules there are, whatever laws there are. We yeah. we just do that. And then if if they back up a little bit, it's not like you're gonna they're gonna quit pushing. Like if you back up a little bit on the gun on your gun control stance on your gun law stance, then they're gonna put. They're not gonna stop right there. They're gonna keep pushing. That's just what they're gonna do. And it's not. Because they're evil or whatever, they do actually, I think, think that they're trying to help. But um, like a lot of things, with uh, when you're looking at the emotional side of politics, you can't see past the um, what you feel is right and see to the unintentional consequences that are going to come with it. Right. Well, I'm I'm somewhat of a radical, and, and I may have told you this before, but if I were able to, for one day, be president or sign a law i would i would go the other way i would require that every citizen at all times be armed that, that would just be me <laughs> <laughs> you laugh but i'm i'm not joking i'm serious i figure you know here, here's my reasoning obviously crime would go way down because right now where does where does crime happen or where do the mass shootings happen usually in in relatively gun-free zones you know so Obviously, oh, yeah. it's, it's never going to happen either, what I'm saying, but it makes more sense to me than, than taking away every gun in the country. It just does. <laughs> <laughs> it almost does, but to me, uh, I've met some people that I don't want having a gun in their hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, and, and I'm not saying you have to enforce that law. Like, 
Oh, when you said required, I was like, oh, no. It's a law that everyone must carry a firearm. That would be my, my law. Um, are the cops going around and checking everyone? No. But but someone's going to think twice. You know, I mean, we, we all have our ideas of what the Wild West was. Oh, Obviously, yeah. from Hollywood, a lot of it. Yeah. And, and you know, but... That's how they used to settle differences back in those days, and even in the early days of this country. It, you know, you and I have a fight. I dis, you dishonor me. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> and we go out in the street and take 10 paces and turn around and fire, and whoever wins, wins. You know, that's that's not where we're at now, thank goodness. Um, but seriously, you know, that that thought has crossed my mind many times over this this gun control debate. Well, let's just do the opposite and make everyone carry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely agree without a doubt crime would go down because <laughs> just like you said, like you've seen those uh, um, Facebook memes where uh, there's a like a sign in somebody's yard that says this is a this is a gun free home. And the caption just says, oh, well, you just told the criminals where to go. Right. Well, that's the truth. Like, if I've never been a burglar, (laughs) but I would assume that's that's actually a scary occupation that you've chosen because you're going into someone else's home. I've been into people's homes when they're not there before, and, you know, it's not... It's an uneasy yeah, you're, feeling. You're saying that they knew you were going to be there, and, and right. But if like go on in, I'll be home in 20 minutes, type deal or whatever. Yeah. But if you're a criminal and you're going in someone's house right now, you don't know who's there, who's not. Whether they have a gun, a dog, you know, you don't know what you're going into. So they're already jumpy or whatever. But if they go into your home and they know you don't have any guns there, and they know there's going to be very little to no resistance. Because, see, criminals don't think like we think. Like me and people, I won't say normal people, but people who don't <laughs> break the law or whatever, we don't we don't look at a house and, and say, oh. See, it has an easy target versus uh, stay away from that. Yeah. All right. But when that's your only way to get your drugs or whatever you're trying to do, man, you're, not looking, you're looking for the path of least resistance. If you take away yep. all our guns, like right now, you don't know if I have a gun or not. I mean, I've told you guys I don't, so. <laughs> but, you know. And you'll notice I didn't say anything one way or the other. So maybe I do, maybe I don't. You never know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but I just think that if they take all our guns away, our guns are. Yeah. The uh, pluralistic our, yep. The citizens of this country. Yes. That, you can't. There's over 350 million guns on the street or something like that. Oh, who knows the real number. But It's an astronomical number. <clears throat> There's no way you're going to get them all turned in. Well, well, gun laws, new gun laws, will just further restrict the ability of law-abiding citizens to defend themselves or just flat-out own guns. You know, the people that are generally going to do bad or have bad intent with guns, they're still going to have them because they don't get them through the the background checks and, and all the proper legal methods anyway. So, you know, liberals don't understand that. It, it's like you said, <clears throat> um, they might have the best intentions 
when they're up there spewing their nonsense, but <clears throat> I disagree a little bit. I think a lot of them are evil, and and <laughs> just just in the fact that they somehow think that <clears throat> the socialism and redistribution of wealth, I think that in itself is is evil. I, I just because of what it what it turns into, you know. Right. <clears throat> Equal sharing of misery. It's just it's ridiculous. But anyway, back to that. That's the theme of this podcast. I can't stay away from it for very long. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and the ones who are really trying to push that on my country right now are, you know, obviously we can agree to disagree, and and I'm not ever ad advocating violence or. Personally, if I met any one of them, you know, I would probably think they're all right people. I just can't stand what they say and what they believe in. And it's just ridiculous. Well, if you, since you're going there with this, like that, um, the, the two things kind of go hand in hand. Like it would make it a lot easier to transition this country into a socialist country. If all the guns are gone. Well, sure. Uh, that's that's what Hitler did. Took away all the guns first. You know, it, it's obviously, you know, that, that's the issue I have. It's not so much the elephant and the donkey that we grew up with. You know, there were two political parties. But, you know, other than a couple of different issues here and there, they all pretty much agreed and they were patriotic and American and would do what's best for the country. But now that, that other party has just been completely hijacked by anti-American lefty socialists. And, and it's it's really, you know, frightening is what it is. It's scary to me, man. We've talked about it and I've told you my, my feelings on this. I think that we're actually hitting like an uh, maybe an apex or a point of no return to where eventually the t I think the tides are turning. I think we are eventually going to be the minority. And I'm not talking about any kind of skin color right. or anything yeah, like just, that. Yeah, just a conservative major minority, yeah. Yeah, I really do, man. And I think... The American minority. It's just so much easier to sell a story of misery and... and uh, down here's the government's going to fix it for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and here we're your hero. It's easy to sell that story to people when people right now feel like they're not like they're not able to move up the ladder or move up the chain or whatever. And I saw something the other day. A guy was talking about taxes in the in the 80s and versus taxes now and he said yeah you may be making more money in your paycheck now but you're way more taxed now than you ever were and i just i mean it's just almost like any excuse anything that we can use to 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 make it somebody else's fault right we're where we're at i just for some reason i don't see the world that way i see it yeah it's hard it's not easy. We talk about it all the time. I've worked my ass off to get to where I'm at. I'm a high school dropout. And yeah, I don't have a lot. But what I got, I worked for, and I'm happy. My life is happy right now. I don't I don't want the government to to be in charge of shit. I don't, we've talked about that, too. Like, the government, nothing they've ever touched, nothing they run, runs smoothly. None, nothing. Take, pick one government program 
that you can actually hold up and say, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> this is how great the government is. It just isn't there. No, it's, it's not going to be. And, and because of all the bureaucracy and the red tape and and just everything. And, and then again, you know, that, that goes back to the socialist argument, you know. When they throw it out as everybody gets a free, fair shake and every, everybody's going to be happy. But you always have people at the top. And that's where it goes wrong, you know. Plus, you just run out of other people's money eventually, and there aren't enough. I mean, what's going to incentivize me to go to work if they take 90% of my money to give to people that don't work? Yeah, that economic system just doesn't doesn't have the base. It doesn't have the backbone to actually last. You know, democracy, I mean, democracy, yes. Um, capitalism is uh, definitely not a perfect system. You know, there is none. But, but it's the only system that you can climb out of the bottom and actually get somewhere towards the upper middle or the top. You know, it takes a lot of hard work. Obama, you know, back in the day said, if, if, if you're building business from the ground up, you didn't build that. You had help along the way. And, and really, that's not true. When you look at a lot of the people that they consider rich are small business owners that, you know, like I work for, you probably do. Um, but, you know, those people, I know for a fact the story of my owner, original owner of the company I worked for. He basically went to a farmer in Indiana, got a, a startup loan. To start the business, you know, nights, weekends, holidays for those first five, seven, ten years, they don't have a life. They're putting every ounce of blood, sweat, and tears into that to get it going. And then it finally, you know, does get going, and, you know, 30 years, 50 years later, it's a thriving business, and, and Obama wants to tell them they didn't build that. You know, that that just infuriates me, just Capitalism is definitely the only system where you have a chance to pull yourself up that ladder. It's going to take hard work. And, you know, I'm not saying I'm kind of like you. Everything I have, I worked for. Um, You know, I would have a little bit more if certain things like uh, divorce and things didn't happen in my life. But it is what it is. And we're dealt the hand we're dealt. Obviously, I was a homeowner at one time um, with some equity in that home. And that just was ripped from from underneath me. Um, But again, you know, in a socialist society, what would that have been? You know, they tell you where you're going to live, what job you're going to have. And, you know, like Bernie said, standing in a bread line is a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing, he said. And then he's like, other countries, the, the rich all have the bread and you get none. Oh, okay, Bernie. Yeah, those are the countries that he loves, though. But yeah. one thing I wanted to say about this pod, this particular podcast, I'm not sure exactly where you are on everything, but, but for me, from my standpoint, I'm not a, I'm in no way, shape, or form any kind of expert or uh, scholar in any of this stuff that we're talking about. No, this, this no, is just I'm not pure, an economist. I'm not. You know, a constitutional scholar. I'm not anything. I'm just an American. This is just with two guys' experience and and some common sense. I hope you know. Right, but this is just two guys. I think just talking about the stuff that's going on in the world 
and how we feel, how we come down on it. Because, like, I'm, I'm, I don't know everything, but all you can do is look at history and see how how stuff works. And it's just, I feel like I'm rational. And like you said, I have a little bit of common sense, and these are the this is the way I I come down on this stuff. Like I, it's not like an overnight opinion. I had no, some, this is life experience, right? And I've had yeah. somebody tell me that I just regurgitate conservative talking points <laughs> and stuff like that. And I, that just you know that did make me think. I had to think about it. Am I or is this how really how I feel? And these are the things that I believe. And the truth of it is, these are the things I believe, and you'll know for a fact. I I question stuff all the time. I'm not. I don't just. Yeah. No, you and I have have disagreements from time to time over things. Yeah. So we both, but we're both critically we're critical thinkers. I think. Right. And, like, and sometimes, sometimes you'll come at a thing from a different perspective than I do, and I listen to you. And sometimes you. If not completely sway my opinion on the subject, you definitely make me think about it a little more. And sometimes I do come around to your way of thinking, and other other times it's it's the other way. But that's not the goal. It's just right. That's conversation, and that's what we because t- you do the same thing to me. I'm like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. Right. And that's how this is supposed. That's what I think we're we're trying to get out of this. I don't want anybody to feel like we're like preaching to them or telling them this is what's this and this is that. We, we're just no, talking about no, stuff. we're not preaching. I I do believe with every ounce of my fiber of being that socialism does kill, and that's the ultimate end to every time that's tried. I, I do believe that. I believe that too. But like you brought up Bernie Sanders, though, I want to talk about that Cortez. A little bit. Alexandria Cortez. Yeah. And um, yes. this new thing that they're talking about, about um, ta- you know the tax rate being at uh, like 70% once you start making so much money in the world. And I, I just had a question for her because she said that she's talking about a living wage and whatnot. And she's t- t- like right now $10 million is the threshold that they're talking about. Right. Well, she makes 173000 a year, I think now. And, and Congress, yeah. That I've been thinking about this. That's like maybe four to four and a half to five times as much money as a lot of people in the country make. Mm-hmm. So, what if we were all just to get together and say, "Well, wait a minute. We want you, you make you're making five times a living wage for us. I mean, we should start taxing your money once you hit a hundred thousand. What? I, I I just don't. I want like I guess what I'm trying to get to is like, what's the stopping point? What's the well, that's always the question that they can't answer. You know, how much is too much? Yeah, why is her 173, which to us, to me, that's a fucking millionaire. Well, yeah, I've never made that in one year in my life. No. I never will. <laughs> no, I, I've never made anything close to that. <laughs> right. So why, what, what, like you're saying, where's the stopping point? What's the... Well, yeah, and if you could have that conversation with her, she wouldn't have an answer for you. She would have that dumb donkey look on her face and say, I'm not really an expert on geopolitical politics. (laughs) (laughs) It's just Bernie Sanders has three mansions. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. He talks about other people's money all the time. The, The people that, like... It's really weird for me for Cortez because she just came out of a situation. She was just like us last year. Now she's 
you know, talking about rich people this, rich people that. Well, guess what, lady? You are one of them. You might not be rich today, but in your next five years, in your position, in your job, you'll be able to figure out how you can position yourself to become a millionaire. They all do. Yeah. I fucking hate. Oh, sorry. I hate Congress. <laughs> I hate the people in it. We we blame everything on whatever president's sitting. We do it all the time. The Congress is so good at deflecting blame. When they're the oh, actual yeah, that, ones. That's just like Trump, because of his words in that meeting with Schumer and Pelosi, he said, you know, I don't mind. I'll, I'll own the shutdown, you know, for American border security. I'll tell you, that's a noble cause. I'll sure own it. And they didn't let it go anywhere else because he said those words. But yeah. in reality, the Congress shut down the government, not him. He can't. That's right. But he cannot shut down the government. I guess if they pass a bill and he vetoes it, then he technically could. But they didn't do that. <laughs> You're right. Congress has lower lower approval rating of most of the time of any setting president, whether it's uh, Trump now or Obama or whoever you want to name. It, it's true because they get nothing done. And then I hear people say. And they may be right. I don't know. Constitutional scholarly type people, they say, well, that the reason why there's always gridlock and and things like and nothing gets done is because that's how our framers intended it. They didn't want things to be done on a whim and, and just easily changed that, you know, on a whim saying, oh, OK, this is the new law. <laughs> but but, you know, I think. That boils down to when you don't have gridlock, what that normally means to me is that people with R's next to their names kowtow and <laughs> bow to the will of the Democrats because they won't, they won't bow and change. They just won't. They don't. And any time they ever talk about Republicans working with with them is <laughs> with that uh, Republicans like. Uh, switch to their side of thinking right it's never any type of compromise that actually works for us no. the people it's just basically what the democrats want i don't well, know trump, trump signed that omnibus bill a couple of years ago or whenever it was and that's when mitch mcconnell and paul ryan promised him he would have his wall before the two years was up and and he said i'll never sign another piece of crap like this <laughs> <laughs> and they they let him down. They let us down. Yeah, it's it's all politics, and it's it's the status quo in the swamp, which he was elected to drain. And he's finding out, and we're finding out that it's not as easy to drain that swamp as we thought it was going to be. But you yeah. know, we we always have a chance, and and the, and it's a crapshoot because when you're electing people, you don't know what you're getting. Obviously, you do when they are self-proclaimed socialists and you vote for them anyway. Hello out there. <laughs> <laughs> but but regardless, I mean, that's our only hope, you know, that goes back to the argument. You're more uh, pessimistic now that we're too far gone and <laughs> it's going the other way no matter what we do. And we just might as well live out our lives and try to survive it. I still think that, you know, if we do have the right type of people elected in government it can get turned around you know it, it, it's mainly about the spending and the 
taboo tub uh, subjects of entitlements and you know we're never going to get back to fiscal responsibility unless we address some things like that but that again being said how do you do that you don't want to take the legitimate people that are on government assistance because of true need you don't want to take it away from them social security is not an entitlement it's what we've all been paying into our entire working lives Oh, they love to use that as a <clears throat> political football. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. uh, as this podcast goes on, once we get this, we got about we're a little less than two years away from the election season. We'll start mm-hmm. pounding some of these people, Republican or Democrat, that we think need need to be removed. <laughs> sure, sure. But, yeah, uh, we can. I'm generally, uh, you know, have been in my life kind of about the state I live in and the local stuff. And then this president, I'm going to try to vote against what I feel are the socialists and in the presidential race and generally voted Republican my whole life, always in the presidential race. Um, But yeah, we're going to, that's a good idea. I think we should just start singling out and broadening, you know, just outside of my state here and yours. And, and call people on the carpet, you know. Oh, definitely. Like, I think that, uh, like I said last podcast, we, we don't know anything about our politicians. I don't. I mean, we really, really don't. I could name the majority of the players on the Cleveland Browns, but I can't tell you who the players are in my own state government, really, any, right. other than the main ones. And I think that that's a problem. I think we need to educate. <clears throat> I need to educate myself. Well, right. That's really what it's all about. And and I think that's the point of this podcast is if someone is listening and it just puts a spark in them to do research on socialism or on their elected officials or or any anything else, you know, that that would be the main goal. And that being said, that's going to cause us to, you know, put our money where our mouth is and, and do a little bit more research on the kind of things you're talking about because i i know i do research for the podcast as far as talking about the specific topics but i don't sit here and and delve into local politicians state politicians i mean i know the state senators from ohio that go to washington dc but i don't know much about you know the legislative state house and you know who the governor is and that's about it you know right that's where i'm at so <laughs> i just really think that as we're going along with this i mean i'm i'm learning as much as i hope other people are learn learning right yeah. well you know that's that's kind of what you talked about a few minutes ago we're not coming at this from we're the professors and you're the lowly students you know we're, we're not anything other than two guys with strong opinions and a lot of those opinions we feel are based in fact um you know i would say most of my opinions i feel are based in fact and doesn't mean they're all 100 percent correct but as i said before you know the main the main thing that my point of this podcast is try to reach those people that are being duped uh, about the free stuff and and socialism is the new way to go and it's just why wouldn't we ever, you know, those, those people, I want them to maybe take a listen and then do research on their own and figure out that maybe we got some 
validity in what we're talking about here. Right. That's where I'm at, man. You know, it's 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 all a, a political circus as far as the upcoming presidential race. I mean, you I don't know how many are actually declared on the Democrat side now, 12 maybe, and 15 or 20 others that say they're going to. Um, just kills me. You know, Robert, Robert Francis O'Rourke, that's his name, people. Um, I will I will not call him by that other name that Steve can say if he wants, but I, I, I don't do it. <laughs> it's stupid. Um, you know, he, he said not too long ago on an interview, you're going to run for president in 2020. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> you were right, Ron. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. But when you were talking the other day about you, you can't hardly stand to watch him talk the way he uses his hands and stuff. Yeah. I started watching a couple of videos of his, and, and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. That, that's just driving me insane. But go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's all right, and that's a valid point. He is annoying to watch, listen to, and mostly just a hollow show. He has no true ideas. He's going to be whatever the moment dictates at the moment. That's what I see so far. And... And it's just ridiculous. And I, I heard recently over the weekend here that he was part of a computer hacking group back in whenever that was, 20 years ago or, you know, and, oh, yeah. and they held that information. They withheld it when he was running against Ted Cruz in Texas. A, a legitimate news organization got that story and purposely withheld it. <laughs> So it would not affect his election with Ted Cruz. Well, thankfully, Ted, old Teddy boy, came through. Yeah, he ended up winning, but they still, on the Democratic side, touted that as a, a victory because he only beat him by two and a half, three points in a red state, you know. But but yeah, he's he's pretty much an empty shell, and yeah, you know, I've heard jokes and saw memes that he's the vanilla Obama. In a lot of ways, they are similar because I guess he's an okay public speaker and he can rouse a crowd with all his jerking and hand motions and whatever else he's doing. But Obama didn't really, you know, I remember saying to people that would ask me, well, Obama just had that rally. Did you hear that speech? And I said, sure, I heard it. And I would say, what did he say? And to a person, none of them could ever really tell me what he said other than hope and change. Because he wasn't saying anything except the fact, the truth, <clears throat> that he wanted to fundamentally transform this country. <laughs> and he actually, in my opinion, uh, he did kind of uh, succeed in that because I'm going to say that things are a lot different now than they were 10 years ago and they're not different some of the ways maybe maybe better but the majority of the ways that I think it's different are not good I don't and you can call me you know and say I'm just scratching and clawing trying to hold on to my roots or whatever but that's not true I just think the sensitivity of this country this that's just well, I will say it if you don't want to say it. Okay. <laughs> he, he took race relations and 
pushed him back 30 years. Um, you know, he did nothing to improve race relations in his eight years as president. He was I an antagonizer. Because, yeah, and, and always, uh, I mean, he stoked the fire, <clears throat> you know, without facts in a lot of those cases. You know, Trayvon Martin, um, the, the uh, what's the Baltimore case? Um, you know, all those ca cases, he came out in the media and immediately assumed that the cops were bad. The, the white guy beat up the black guy and killed him for no reason other than that. You know, he didn't know any more facts than we did. But, yeah, I'll say it. He, he, he definitely fundamentally transformed this country and in the, mo in the most part for the worse. For the worse, <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually know how to say it. I'm not... Ultimately, well, we're all still responsible for how we act, no matter who. But I just think that those, the the way that he said things, the way that he he went about the things that he that he did, it just it didn't. It wasn't for the good of anyone. It wasn't, and you know, Trump gets this uh, this criticism on um on him all the time because of the way he says things and does things and, and yeah he might stoke things and, and make things worse than they should have been some of the things he says but I, went, I lived through the eight years of Obama he did it too it might have been on the other side of things or, or right. you know, what a lot of people might have said he's finally speaking for us or whatever but they weren't good people I mean he's not it just it turned it, when you're the leader of the country you should be the leader of everybody in the country and I felt mm -hmm. like Obama was the leader of the Democrats and I feel like Trump is being the leader of the Republicans and I I don't know exactly how to fix it or what to do well you might be right I don't see Trump quite that way because most of the Republicans at least you know at the at the governmental level aren't with him anyway I do think he is trying to be more for just everybody in America, you know, by trying to improve the, uh, the situation for every American. You know, he's, he's not telling you that some guy who decides he's a woman today can go in the bathroom with your daughter. Right. <laughs> and, and just ridiculous stuff. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's definitely, you know, Trump is not perfect, and he does some things I wish he wouldn't do and say just because it gives ammunition to his critics. But he is who he is, and I, I always go back to the bottom line base question that I have to ask myself. Did he do it for the money? Absolutely not. And, and even if his intentions were other than this, at the start with the stuff that he's been put through on a daily basis since be way before he even became president uh, it would be so easy and if, if I put myself in his position I could just say throwing my hands up you can have this I'm going back to my rich cushy life now so that that's what tells me at least on some level, he's in it for the, the love of country. I, I do believe that. I do, too. I mean, I, I guess 
I guess I said that a little bit wrong, but the thing I felt like though there were times he could have said things different, but he I guess he's just being himself. Well, right, and you know. But the reason I say that is because just like with George Bush, the media they're like a snake we're just waiting in the grass and they're waiting for Trump to say anything at all that they can make sound like this. And they, he knows it. He knows they're there. He knows they take everything he says and does and twist it to what they want it to be. I could be a little cynical, but I hate the media more than I hate the politicians. Oh, well, I mean, it's because they lost all credibility years ago. And, and now they don't even try to hide the fact that they're not down the middle. They're, they're so biased against anything conservative. I mean, I don't know why that is. I know they were all <clears throat> pretty much educated in universities in this country, which I know are bastions of left, left-leaning thinking and thought. Um, but, you know, some people get out of there and still aren't just completely off the rails on that side of things. I, I don't know. But, but, yeah, the media is, I mean, you can just see it by the two-plus years of Trump-Russia collusion. And you and I both know that if there were any by now, it would have been so long ago in the public. Oh, they would have leaked it immediately. And and it would be a done deal. They, they got and that's why. That's why Adam Schiff is transitioning now these other freaking however many investigations. He's just, let's investigate whether Trump was really born on the planet. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if we go there. <laughs> He's an alien. <laughs> well, I just, you know, to kind of bring it back to the Second Amendment a little bit, like I said, there was a big, huge shooting, too, actually, were they in New Zealand? Mm-hmm. Mosques that were shot up. I'm not sure what the gun laws over there are. I think they're a little bit stricter than they are here. But yeah, I, I believe that's true. I used to have a friend over there that I spoke with regularly, and they had guns, but, yeah, it's a little... It's, it's probably, you know, without being completely knowledgeable, um, you know, they have some of the background checks that make would make sense here. I know Australia just took away all the guns however long ago that was. But but I don't think New Zealand's there yet. <clears throat> well, the, the population of Australia is not very big, though, right? Right. Um, but the, the thing, we were talking about the media. I saw something the other day, yesterday, actually, that... Um, it was James. It was the the quote was attributed to James Franco, who's an actor, but you never mm-hmm. know whether that shit's true or not. But he was saying that you know fifty people were dead, a, a mass shooting in New Zealand, and all I hear on the news is about uh, one of the Jenner girls. Her shoes line comes with a pocketbook or makeup book or something. <laughs> And, you know, we're talking about the media. I don't really watch the news. I don't watch network TV news or anything like that. So I haven't heard a lot about the shooting either. So I'm not sure if the media is really covering it big time over here. But I do know they are covering the fact that at one point in time, this shooter um, praised Trump for bringing white um, 
not supremacy, but white people back, white power back, to give them power back to the white people or something like that. But then the, the thing that I read, dug deeper, that's the only positive thing he's ever said good about Trump. He hates everything else about Trump and his policies, but the media isn't really talking about that part. Well, no, I was going to say, because I don't know whether or not he really said that, but all I heard otherwise was he is not pro-Trump, and obviously it doesn't matter anybody in the world <laughs> that's not American. They don't get to vote for him or not vote for him, but... I get what you're saying, but but yeah, I heard the complete opposite okay, of that. So I, was, I didn't know how the media was attacking him because I, like I said, I haven't been listening to it. You listen to a lot more news than I do. Mm, that's probably true. Um, that being said, I mean, ten is more than zero. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, I'm not glued to news sources at all the time. You know, I've, I've been accused of that and. Uh, family type political arguments. You know that I've just. I wasn't all saying. the time looking on the computer and I'm just more informed well uh, duh <laughs> <laughs> right I wasn't saying that is a bad thing I was just I was kind of wondering like we were talking about the media and this podcast is about the second amendment so I wanted to kind of see where how that was being portrayed in the media because I haven't really heard anything about it <clears throat> other than some of the few things well, I've, I've, I've heard snippets of blame for Donald Trump, how that's anywhere close to anything to do with him, I don't know. But but somehow they'll they'll blame everything on him. The right people will. So um, as far as New Zealand's gun laws, I'd have to do some research um, to delve into that. Just from you know anecdotal speaking to my friend that I used to talk to over there quite a bit, um, and obviously we weren't delving into deep political discussions we were talking about life and just other things in general but right but things come up during conversation and i know that uh, her uh, her husband owned guns and went hunting and you know so it's not a gun-free country by any means well i just want you know wonder like what would there be any laws that you could put on the books other than what um, Australia did, which I think is practically impossible here. Yeah. But there's no laws that are going to keep someone from doing what happened there because killing people is already illegal. I mean, it's not... that Whoever... When people do things like that, they're not thinking rationally. They're not... You know, if you're willing to kill another human being, you're not going to be thinking, oh, well, I'm not supposed to have this gun... No, it's it's like like the case I sat on a jury in uh, years ago, and the one guy brought to testify from the county jail, you know, he actually sat on the stand and said, well, they testified that there were guns in my apartment, and as you all know, I'm a convicted felon, so I'm not allowed to own firearms. You know, that was the most laughable thing I've ever heard in my life. Sounds, sounds reasonable to me, Ron. I don't... <laughs> But, Steve, I do think that uh, we probably should start wrapping this up. Um, it's been another good, productive podcast, I believe. Do um, you have anything else pressing before we do? No, miss. Every time I can learn something new, man, which I do think I learned a little bit new today. And Sure, sure. That's the goal, just conversation and talk and, uh, you know, freedom of idea and thought. That's a beauty 
beautiful thing in this country. So hope it continues for our lifetime and our grandchildren and so on and beyond, you know, because this is the greatest country on earth now and ever been been devised. And, you know, this this is still an experiment, they call it, but land of the free because of the brave and the brave carry firearms. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> all right, my friend. Well, again, for all you listeners, we would like to thank you for listening. And uh, if you'd like to shoot us a line, it's uh, freedomreigns underscore one at yahoo.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. And uh, stay tuned. More will be revealed. Thanks, everybody.